It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Josh Larkey, and the Dominator is back. I worked with Matt Kelly for four years. He helped me get my start in the industry when I was just a simple grad school student studying analytics and trying to make a career in sports a uh, reality. Many of you listening already knew that. You simply want to know what happened the past two years at FTN and the 33rd team. But as we all know, it would not be good radio to give away secrets so early on. We'll call those stories for another podcast. Today's show, I'm briefly going to discuss my strategy for each position in Dynasty, and then I'm going to go over 15, that's right, 15 players that I believe are Dynasty buys and sells, and why. We'll keep it rapid fire throughout the show. And before diving in, let me just say, it feels really, really, really damn good to be back. I'll be doing this show weekly for Player Profiler. Huge thanks to the Podfather, Theo Greminger, Billy Muzio. I'm lucky to have some good friends in the industry, and they helped make it a really seamless transition to get me back onto the Roto Underworld airwaves. Aside from this show, the rest of my week, I'll be posting my research and content to Twitter. If you want to see my dynasty rankings, trade value chart, prospect analysis, 2024 redraft and best ball strategy, and players to target and fade, stacks to target, in-depth player and team projections. My Twitter is going to be the best place for all that content and it'll supplement this show, Jay Larky tweets, J-L-A-R-K-Y tweets on Twitter. Let's dive into quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be saying anything too groundbreaking with the, the background that essentially we want this. Generally with quarterbacks, I'm looking at a three to five year window in Dynasty, but I will note that the thought of eight to 10 usable fantasy seasons can often boost the value of these younger quarterbacks, even though none of us are actually trying to play Dynasty 10 years out in the future. It, it certainly doesn't help if you think the guy has that potential. I'm looking for high-end ceiling. Sure, uh, a low-end fantasy QB1, a high-end fantasy QB2, especially in Superflex, that's valuable. Quarterbacks are the centerpiece of these Superflex teams. But uh, the, the idea that there is a high-end ceiling existing or that we've seen it, that's important. I want to get first out of 12 teams in my dynasty league. Let's now talk about a few players that are over and undervalued in dynasty from keep trade cut. That is just a consensus dynasty rankings website. So it's good to know how the public views these players. And then we can, uh, we can pick and choose which ones we, we agree and disagree with. And I'm just going to start with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the quarterback seven consensus in dynasty. And uh, I disagree. I think he should be ranked a little bit lower. We, there's no high end ceiling here. Joe Burrow has now played four years in the NFL. He has just one season, just one season better 
than a top 10 finish in fantasy points per game. He's never reached 22 fantasy points per game. Someone like Kyler Murray, who's quarterback 11 in Dynasty on their platform, Kyler Murray's reached 22 fantasy points in two different seasons. And Joe Burrow now has two seasons with the the year-ending injuries. He had uh, the, the ACL tear early in his career. And then this past year, we know that he was out for the second half of the season as well. And when we look at his career those four years, he's averaging under 12 rushing yards per game. That's very low. He also just lost his offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, who's now the head coach for the Titans. He's 27 years old. His contract's about to get significantly more expensive. There's going to be a 50% increase in his 2024 cap hit compared to 2023, and then it gets a massive boost again with the cap hit number for 2025. Good chance his fantasy peak is in the rear view. His supporting cast should soon decline. I'm not saying Joe Burrow's a bad player. I'm not saying he's not going to give you fantasy points, but as a consensus quarterback seven in Dynasty, I am fading Joe Burrow. I think he gives you very good fantasy production. He does not give you great fantasy production. Let's turn to a guy I like a little bit more uh, relative to his current value. It's going to be Jordan Love at uh, quarterback 10. Suddenly, the the high-end ceiling might actually exist for Jordan Love. He just led the NFL's youngest offense. Christian Watson was either out or under 50% of the snaps in nine games. Jaden Reed was either out or under 50% of the snaps in six games. Tight end Luke Musgrave was out or under 50% of the snaps in eight games and still, and still. Jordan Love is the quarterback five in fantasy points per game. The quarterback seven in total passing yards. Quarterback two in passing touchdowns. I know, right? Yeah. Jordan Love, 32 passing touchdowns. And the quarterback 11 in total rushing yards. If we look at his touchdown rate, interception rate, yards per pass attempt, rush yards per game, they all looked strikingly similar to Justin Herbert's first two years in the league. I'm expecting Jordan Love to sign a pretty big extension with Green Bay this offseason. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs have two more years under contract. Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft each have three more years under contract. Jordan Love, quarterback 10. I'm saying it. Jordan Love, fantasy buy for Dynasty. And let's talk about a quarterback now that I'm also a little bit less excited about. That's Tua Tagovailoa. He's a consensus quarterback, 17. He might have the NFL's best receiving duo in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. But he's given you 18.4 fantasy points per game and then 16.7 fantasy points per game the past two seasons, even with these perfect circumstances where he's given two of the NFL's best receivers. Tua is not helping you win fantasy leagues. The past three seasons, his interception rate's been 2.4%. You might say, Josh, I don't know what the heck that means. Is that good? Is that bad? Tua Tagovailoa, 2.4%. Zach Wilson's career interception rate is lower, 2.3%. Essentially, uh, Zach Wilson with the turnovers when it comes to the interceptions, we don't like that. Dolphins are currently more than $50 million over the cap. The roster is probably going to be worse in 2024 than it was in 2023. Tua himself is going to get $23 million in 2024. They exercised his fifth-year option. I'm not super confident he stays in Miami after 2024. I'm not even super confident that any team wants to pay him $40 million a year to be their starter. He would then be losing the two-star receiver supporting cast that he had with Hill and Waddle. 
I don't know where he's going uh, team-wise after that. I, I think the only way he stays in Miami is if he signs a really team-friendly extension, which doesn't happen all that often. He's got the lengthy injury history. He struggled consistently against quality defenses. And uh, you might say, okay, well, a lot of people know this. How do I sell him? How do I sell Tua? I think it's pretty simple. Tua just led the NFL in passing yards in 2023. And he was fifth in passing touchdowns. That's right. Leading the NFL in passing yards, finishing fifth in passing touchdowns. Got you under 17 fantasy points per game this past season. I'd say that I'd rather just have Jared Goff. He's ranked lower on pretty much every dynasty site out there. I'd rather just take him and similar fantasy production. The longer term outlook's probably better. It's, it's most likely in Detroit. They love him there. That's a good situation. Maybe even a great situation. And I'd say that the long-term outlook for Goff, now that we've seen the career resurrection in Detroit and the high-end peak that he had with the Rams early in his career, I'd say his career outlook's a little more stable than Tua, even though he's a few years older. So Tua, sell. Jordan Love, buy. Joe Burrow, sell. All right, let's let's turn to the running back position. Sorry, folks. Solo show, you got you to take water breaks for the solo show. Most of you probably know this, but if you don't, uh, Root Awakening, we need water breaks. All right. The running back position, I'm viewing this in a one to two year window. Just a one to two year window in Dynasty. Quarterback closer to three to five. Running back, it's one to two. Only the truly elite dynasty running backs should ever be viewed in a three to four year window, like a like a Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson. Outside of only a select few guys, just look at the, the next year, maybe two years. When you're ready to contend, trade for running backs that will produce that year. When you're rebuilding, trade away pretty much any running back on the roster, regardless of everything. Just any running back that can fetch you anything. If you're not going to contend that year, running backs will often lose so much value from year to year, just trade them all away. It's a position that I'm trying to churn through every single year. Let's let's talk about some over and undervalued players. I'm looking in the top 10 on keep trade cut consensus dynasty rankings. Kenneth Walker is at running back nine. That is too high. I don't think he has elite value this year. And he hasn't shown elite value in the past for fantasy points. And you might say, Josh, what do you mean? You How are you the arbiter of who has elite value? for 2024. We'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry. So as a rookie in 2022, he burst onto the scene, 13 and a half PPR fantasy points per game, the RB 16 in fantasy points per game. That's an RB two last year, 13.3 fantasy points per game, almost identical. The RB 20, he now has two RB two fantasy finishes and points per game. He's got two more years on his rookie contract with the Seahawks and Zach Charbonnet will also be there for the next two seasons. Yikes. Kenneth Walker had 34 targets in the 14 games that he overlapped with Zach Charbonnet. In those 14 overlapping games, Zach Charbonnet had, oh, 34 targets as well. Identical. This was Charbonnet's rookie year as well. His role could grow in 2024. Charbonnet might also take on more rushing work too. If we look at next-gen stats, we get some player tracking data in here. We see that Zach Charbonnet was at 0.18. So about 0.2 rushing yards over expected per attempt. So per attempt, Charbonnet is getting you about 0.2 more yards than expected. Kenneth Walker, 
negative 0.13. So negative uh, 0.1 yards rushing over expected. You give Charbonnet 10 carries. He's going to get you about two more yards than you expected. You give Walker 10 carries. He's giving you about one and a half fewer yards than expected. So already we start to think, huh, Charbonnet may be a better pass catcher. Small sample with his rushing, but at the very least, he's not a total zero there, and he might even be better than Walker. The Seahawks were the 17th highest scoring offense in 2023. They're perfectly average. It's not even like this is a situation that we should just be drooling over. I I don't really see how Kenneth Walker gets you elite fantasy production without a Zach Charbonnet injury these next two years. And this might sound uh, a little extreme, but is Brian Robinson really all that different? Brian Robinson averaged 13 fantasy points a game in 2023. He's heading into his third season as well. Washington probably either re-signs Gibson or they draft another complimentary back. Yet Washington will also probably draft a quarterback at two. So the situation there could very well end up being better than Seattle. Also, Brian Robinson was at 0.2 rushing yards over expected per attempt. Again, Walker at negative 0.13. I'm still going to prefer Walker to Robinson straight up. There's better draft capital there. I think Walker is probably a better player. Not quite sure, but hey, I, I would flip him right now for Brian Robinson at a pick in a heartbeat. I I don't think they're they're close on any platform. Nobody thinks these guys are similar in Dynasty. Hey, uh, Josh Larkey here. I think they're actually huh, Kenneth Walker, Brian Robinson. These guys are actually not totally, totally different when we're talking about Dynasty. And let me tell you about a player I prefer who's valued lower than Walker. And then we'll talk about Walker's 2024 outlook as well. I would just rather have Rashad White consensus running back 12 in dynasty entering year three, like Kenneth Walker, there's no Zach Charbonnet in Tampa Bay. So there's at least some chance that Rashad white will be a bell cow in 2024. Like he was in 2023 white averaged nearly 16 PPR fantasy points per game this past year. That was RB 10. That was a low end fantasy RB one. It was two and a half more fantasy points per game than Kenneth Walker. That's a big difference. When we look at 2024, Best ball ADP on underdog. Here we go. What does the market think will happen in 2024? Rashad White's ADP is 40. 40 overall pick 40. Kenneth Walker pick 52. There is a full round of difference in expectations with Rashad White over Kenneth Walker. They have similar remaining contracts. They've got two two years on that rookie deal. Currently less backfield competition for White. And he just outproduced Walker by two and a half fantasy points per game in 2023. Sure, Rashad White, there's probably backfield competition added there, but we already know that Zach Charbonnet is good, that he's competition, and that he's there with Walker for the remainder of Walker's rookie contract. Let's talk about a running back that uh, that I like now. We we've oh, we we've torn Kenneth Walker to bits. I I do I do I do I like Jalen Warren at running back 22 as the, the, his consensus dynasty ranking at times this past year, he was the starter over Najee Harris. When we look at 2024, the Steelers now have Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. We, what we've seen from him when he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans and then the head coach for the Falcons is that it's probably going to be a run centric offense. Some people hate Arthur Smith. I understand hating him from what he did with the Falcons guys with the Titans. He was awesome. 
Ryan Tannehill was throwing 30 touchdowns. Derrick Henry was running for 2,000 yards. A.J. Brown was breaking out all over the place. Corey Davis had a career year. Jonu Smith caught eight touchdowns in a season. I am not 100% convinced that Arthur Smith is bad for fantasy football as the offensive coordinator. The head coach tenure was rough, rough with the Falcons. But we have to remember that those couple seasons in Tennessee were actually quite promising. Now, Warren last year was fifth among running backs with 61 receptions. He had nearly as many catches. He was only uh, a few catches behind Rashad White, actually. Fifth with 61 catches for Jalen Warren. He was carrying the ball nine times per game as well. That's that's a pretty healthy workload. You get about 10 carries a game. You you get some receiving work. You're an explosive player. That This is good. I, I think this year, though, it's probably Najee Harris is the 1A for carries. But... Uh, 2025, uh, Najee Harris could very well play somewhere else. Where is Jalen Warren? Because he's undrafted. 2024 will be year three, and then he'll be a restricted free agent in 2025. Probably stays in Pittsburgh. The thought of him playing as the, the one B and at times one a to Najee Harris in 2024, then the potential workhorse in 2025 when Najee Harris might not be there. That thought alone should insulate his dynasty value throughout 2024. Ultimately, with Jalen Warren, you're getting a talented pass-catching back who has the frame at 5'8", 215 pounds, to handle heavy volume when needed. And he should be startable in fantasy in 2024. And then uh, for your league mates out there, dynasty value-wise, if you end up deciding you want to flip him or whatnot, you can dangle that carrot, the carrot, dangle that carrot and say, hey, He could have a full workload in 2025 without Najee Harris. At the running back position, Jalen Warren is one of the better investments you can make. Now, I've got one more running back for you, but I need to take a water break. Apologies, apologies, apologies. I'm not even sorry. Now, this is a player that's brought up on a lot of player profiler podcasts. He's brought up everywhere. He's kind of polarizing. I'm going to talk about why we just have to like him. And uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to be shy about this take. I think Blake Corum as the dynasty RB 33 is ridiculous. He should be way higher. We should like Blake Corum. Let's talk about it. Michigan running back. So he looks like a one to two year window guy where he enters the NFL. Uh, they, they try to wear him out and that's cool. We, we can use him for a couple of years, hopefully, but, uh, I think there's potential that he can even join that exclusive three to four year window for elite dynasty running backs. 2022 professional film watchers at PFF gave him a 96 grade, pretty much the highest they've ever graded a running back. 2022, they, they PFF even wrote an article about why they thought he should win the Heisman award in 2022, 2023, the PFF grade dropped to 84, everything dropped. And a lot of people are talking about how he just wasn't, forcing missed tackles per carry his yards after contact per attempt dropped. I I think I might know why I might know why I'm I'm, I think I know why. So uh, he has 20 carries a game in 2022. Then he tears his ACL. Then 2023, he just returns and has 17 carries a game. Year after year, we talk about how we, we need to be, we can't, we can't be too harsh running backs coming off the ACL tear. Why are we being so harsh to Blake Corum? I, I don't understand it. The The guy was absolutely awesome. 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 PFF thought this was a, essentially a historic running back season in 2022. Tears his ACL. Not as good in 2023. Fine with me. 
Also, not many running backs in general are elusive per touch on high volume. We we know that. We just saw that this past year with Tony Pollard. Guys, running backs that they get fewer carries are often able to be more efficient. I actually kind of like that Jalen Warren plays with Najee Harris. If you gave Jalen Warren 20, 25 carries a game, I guarantee his efficiency would decline. Now let's talk about Blake Corham, the receiver. This is where people really start to dig into him and they, they just destroy him. God, they oh, they hate, they hate Blake Corham, the receiver. They hate him. And at face value, the receiving set, the receiving stat lines, they leave a little bit to be desired, but oh, we're going to dive into this. So he had 56 total receptions, 411 total receiving yards across his four seasons at Michigan. His career high, well, it came in 2021. He had 24 catches, 141 receiving yards. That was as a sophomore. But then we look in the leader on the team in 2021 at Michigan, had just 39 receptions. 20, 24 that year was actually a pretty, Okay, number for Blake Corum. And uh, then we look and we see that Corum had 24 receptions that year as a sophomore. You've heard a lot of people at Player Profiler, a lot of guests, they talk about wide receiver Roman Wilson. They like Roman Wilson. I like Roman Wilson. Wide receiver Roman Wilson from Michigan projects to get round two draft capital this year. And as a sophomore as well, Blake Corm, Roman Wilson, they're sophomores in 2021. Corm had 24 catches. Roman Wilson had 25. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, oh. Blake Corm, Roman Wilson, essentially the same amount of receptions in 2021. That's not half bad. With Blake Corm, we're looking at a running back that's going to get round two, maybe round three draft capital. It's going to be on day two. He's shown he can handle heavy volume and be productive in the run game. He can score a ton of rushing touchdowns. He's at least capable in the receiving game. And some people out there, they say Blake Corum turns 24 in November. I don't care. We're, we're, if we're, we're generally looking at a one to two year window for running backs, then why would I care if he's going to be 24, 25, 26, that, that 23, 22? None of that really matters to me. I'm looking at these next couple seasons. And all I know is that a team that drafts him in the second or third round will be looking at him as a three to four year investment. And in Dynasty, we just worry about those these next couple of years, it's totally fine. His age doesn't concern me. Blake Corum, dynasty bye. Jalen Warren, dynasty bye. Rashad White, dynasty bye. Kenneth Walker, dynasty sell. Before we turn to the wide receiver and then the tight end position, I think it's time to hear from the podfather. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to The Dominator with Josh Larkey. That's me. All right, let's talk about receivers and dynasty. I'm generally looking at a two to four year window. It's kind of uh, the same as quarterback, where if you have that tantalizing, oh, like you could get six, seven, eight fantasy seasons out of them, that will inflate the dynasty value a little bit. But that's usually just the select few, like a Jefferson, a Jamar Chase, an Amon Ross St. Brown, where you can actually really crystallize that and imagine six, seven, eight more fantasy relevant seasons. One thing that I like to do is that the, the quarterback and the offense matter for wide receivers. They matter more than people realize. Uh, the first guy I'm going to talk about, a lot of his value is tied up in his situation, but we'll talk about why that's okay and why he's also just good. The, the wide receivers are going to be the centerpiece of your one quarterback dynasty teams. That's what you want to build around as receivers. And uh, then they, they take a slight, slight second fiddle to quarterbacks and super flex leagues. Let's talk about Let's talk about some over and undervalued players at the position via keep trade cut. First guy I'm going to discuss. He is the, the consensus dynasty wide receiver 19 right now. I'll have my dynasty rankings out shortly on Twitter at Jay tweets with my trade value chart. I have this player not at wide receiver 19. I have him inside my top 10. So why not just lead off with this guy? Let's go bold. Let's talk about Rasheed Rice. Offense matters, folks. Offense matters. He has at least three more years of Patrick Mahomes. Rasheed Rice was a full-time player week 14 onward as a rookie. He actually broke out in week 12, though. Even when he wasn't quite running like 80, 90% of the routes just yet, he was already breaking out. If we look at week 12 onward, we get a 10-game sample, including the playoffs. That's not, that's not too small. He averaged nine targets, seven catches, 78 receiving yards per game in that 10-game sample. If we expand that 10-game sample to a 17-game pace, that's 151 targets, 117 receptions, 1,326 yards. Travis Kelsey turns 35 in October. I don't think there's much more that needs to be said. Rasheed Rice was producing like a fantasy wide receiver one from week 12 onward, giving you 16 PPR fantasy points per game. As a rookie, playing with Patrick Mahomes, the depth chart's clearing out. It looks awesome for him. I don't know what more needs to be said. His route running is solid. He's incredible after the catch, and he plays with Patrick Mahomes. Rasheed Rice, the biggest dynasty buy at the receiver position. Let's talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's next to Rasheed Rice at wide receiver 20. This is hilarious. I don't know what they do, uh, what they did to ever be compared together now that the rookie seasons have ended. 
Jackson Smith and Jigba. Dynasty sell. Wide receiver 20. What the heck are we doing? His average depth of target was 6.1 yards. That was lower than Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson on the Seahawks. DK Metcalf was more than double that. He was at 13 yards. Lockett was at 11 yards. Jackson Smith and Jigba, six yards down the field. And you might be like, well, maybe he was just hyper-targeted short. No. His targets per out run was under 20%. That's 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 fine. It's not good. It's not bad. His yards per route run was just 1.3. Metcalf was over two. Lockett was over 1.6. People are telling me Tyler Lockett is washed. That's hilarious. Tyler Lockett just led the team with 122 targets. His targets per route run and his yards per route run were significantly higher than Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, so Lockett was running further downfield and out-targeting Smith and Jigba on a per route basis while doing it. If we look at DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, their contracts, they're almost certainly in Seattle for not just 2024, but 2025 as well. Where Jackson Smith and Jigba, we got a, a slot receiver operating close to the line of scrimmage who couldn't earn targets and who wasn't efficient and has major target competition on the roster. And we're not even sure what's going on with the quarterback situation. Highly concerned. Easiest dynasty sell at the running back position. Wide receiver 20, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Let's talk about a dichotomy of receivers. Zay Flowers at wide receiver 24 as the consensus dynasty ranking wide receiver 24. Jaden Reed, wide receiver 27. I don't actually hate Zay Flowers, but we're, we're going to use him to talk about why I like Jaden Reed and why I, at this point in my life, as a 29-year-old male fantasy analyst in quotes, would prefer Jaden Reed at a wide receiver 27 to Zay Flowers, wide receiver 24. Let's look at the passing environment. I think the nod clearly goes to Jordan Love over Lamar Jackson. Lamar passed 28 and a half times per game this past year. Love passed 34 times a game. Lamar had 230 pass yards a game. Jordan Love had 245. Lamar passed 24 touchdowns. Jordan Love passed for 32 touchdowns. Zay Flowers had 108 targets. 77 catches, 914 total yards, six touchdowns. Jaden Reed had 94 targets, slightly fewer than Flowers. 64 receptions, fewer than Flowers, 77. And Reed had 912 total yards, nearly identical to Flowers, 914. Reed has the edge in touchdowns at 10 to Flowers, six. I, I think they're really, really similar at face value because the stats are really similar. You might be able to argue, though, that there's a slight edge on those stats to Flowers. You'd say, hey, 108 targets compared to 94, 77 catches compared to 64. That's important. We like target owners. Give me Flowers. Okay, okay. Well, what we should then realize is that Jaden Reed wasn't a full-time player as a rookie. He never reached 80% 80, 80 of the offensive snaps in any game. I, I think the offensive role increases in year two. It should. He was good as a rookie. It should only increase in year two. And when we look at the the per route stats, that's when Reed, that folks, is when Reed takes the big edge. Yards per route run, 1.65 for Flowers, 2.05 for Jaden Reed, much better for Jaden Reed. Targets per route run, 20.5% for Flowers. So every 20% uh, of his routes, Flowers gets targeted. That was 24.5% for Jaden Reed. Significantly higher. Essentially, Jaden Reed was getting targeted about 20% more often per route. 20% more often per route than Zay Flowers. 
And the average depth of target was eight and a half yards for Flowers and 10 and a half yards for Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's getting targeted significantly more often per route, farther downfield, and we like the quarterback better because he's going to pass more per game in Jordan Love than Lamar Jackson. And you might say, well, did you know that Mark Andrews missed time in 2023? Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about Christian Watson missing time during due to injury? All right, so we, we have two injuries to talk about. We have Christian Watson, we have Mark Andrews. One thing that I do know, though, is that Mark Andrews has a much better target-earning profile than Christian Watson. I would expect that when Mark Andrews plays a fully healthy season in 2024, which I think we should expect at this point, if we, we expect fully healthy seasons, then Mark Andrews would probably maybe take targets away from, say, Flowers at a better rate than Christian Watson would take away targets from Jaden Reed. Give me Jaden Reed, wide receiver 27 over Zay Flowers, wide receiver 24. Before we turn to tight ends, we need, man, I need to get a sponsor, maybe like Fiji water, something fancy. We need a water sponsor for this show. All right, let's turn to tight end. Tight end, I usually look at a two to three year window. It's somewhere in between running back and receiver, like receiver, maybe even more. So offense really matters. You want touchdown upside at the tight end position. You want to prioritize athleticism with the prospects. In general, though, I would say that if you just disregard the position completely and forget tight end exists until a few weeks before the season starts, you'll have better dynasty teams than someone that is overvaluing or spending too much time focusing on dynasty tight ends. Sorry to all, all the tight end whisperers out there. It just doesn't matter as much. But uh, trust me, there, there's there's margin to be had here. I wouldn't talk about tight end if I truly believe there was no margin to be had. I'm just saying that it that there's there's less. There, there's less margin to be had. But still, I'm looking at dynasty rankings from Keep Trade Cut. I see Isaiah Likely at tight end 16. Folks, we just talked about Mark Andrews. He's there in 2024 and 2025. That's the remainder of Likely's rookie contract. I've already talked about pass volume concerns in Baltimore. That applies to Isaiah Likely. Likely had 60 targets as a rookie in 2022. 2023, Andrews misses a lot of time with an ankle injury, and he goes from 60 targets down to just 40 in 2023. His final stat line was 30 catches, 411 yards, five touchdowns. Eh, that is uh, certifiably not exciting. You're essentially hoping, hoping, praying for a Mark Andrews injury if you have likely at tight end 12 in Dynasty or tight end 16 in Dynasty. I'd rather just have Dallas Goddard. His price on keep trade cuts, tight end 18. I think he's probably giving you fantasy tight end one production the next couple seasons. If we're looking at a two to three year window for tight ends, the next two years likely is blocked. Just blocked. What are we doing, folks? Let's just say though, you're like, Josh, I legally, I have to have a backup tight end on my Dynasty roster with quote unquote upside. Okay, right, fine, fine. If that's really what you want to do, uh, you want to know who's much cheaper than Isaiah Likely, Tucker Craft. I, I think there's actually like a, a little bit of a chance Tucker Craft ends up just being better than Luke Musgrave long-term. But we do know that if Luke Musgrave gets hurt, Tucker Craft slides right into a fantasy-relevant role. Much cheaper than Likely, and that's the Green Bay Packers. It's a better offense for passing volume. If you really want the, the backup tight end, Tucker Craft is cheaper in a better offense, and actually has a little bit more chance to usurp Luke Musgrave 
Whereas I don't think likely has any shot to usurp Mark Andrews these next two seasons. And let's let's talk now about this. We're going to get wild. I'm about to argue why uh, the consensus dynasty tight end 46 is better than the consensus tight end 22. We want the tight end 46, Tyler Conklin, over, straight up. We just want him, Tyler Conklin, tight end 46, ahead of Kate Otten, tight end 22. Kate Otten is a below-average athlete for the position. Athleticism, as we know at this point, it really matters at tight end. Kate Otten, as a rookie in 2022, gave you 5.8 fantasy points a game in PPR. 5.8. Tight end 27. 2023, it got so much better. He jumped, skyrocketed from 5.8 to 6.9. Nice. 6.9 fantasy points a game. Tight end 23. These numbers do not matter. He had a 12% target share in 2023. He was targeted also coincidentally on 12% of his routes in 2023. If we look at player profiler, we look at Kate Otten's player profiler page. Clap. Come on down. Kate Otten, silver medal. You were number two in the NFL in routes run at the tight end position. Folks, it can't really get much better than being second in the NFL in routes run at the position. And that translated to 67 targets, 47 catches, 455 receiving yards, four touchdowns. Kate Otten is a literal zero in every format. Tyler Conklin, on the other hand, has 87 targets on the dot in three straight seasons. That's kind of fun. At least 550 receiving yards in three straight seasons. He's going to be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers next year. He's more athletic than Kate Otten. I think Tyler Conklin has a legitimate chance for 60 catches, 650 to 700 yards, and eight touchdowns. That is true difference-making production. Do I think it's definitely happening? No. If, if I thought it was definitely happening, then uh, you you should call me crazy. If I think the tight end 46 in Dynasty is definitely giving you a top five finish. But I, I think that's in his range of outcomes. I, I do not think that's in Kate Otten's range of outcomes. Uh, just, just give me Tyler Conklin. Let's roll the dice. Let's see what happens for this year with Aaron Rodgers. I like him more straight up than Kate Otten. Now... Before we end the show with this rant about two players that I'm excited about, just a quick reminder to follow me on Twitter at JLarkyTweets, J-L-A-R-K-Y Tweets. Check out the Dynasty Dominator app and just continue to use Player Profiler for all your fantasy questions and research needs. Let's close out the show. I want to talk about why I like Dalton Kincaid and a funny comparison. Dalton Kincaid, the consensus tight end six on Keep Trade Cut. When I release my dynasty rankings, you'll see that right now I have them at dynasty tight end four. Those will be released to Twitter. We talked about this player earlier, Jackson Smith and Jigba. His peripherals are nearly identical to Dalton Kincaid. JSN, I'm sorry. We're going to have to go back to you for the sake of this exercise. Average target depth last year as rookies, Kincaid 5.9 yards downfield. Jackson Smith and Jigba, not 5.9, 6.1. Essentially, they're both operating six yards downfield on average. That's a tie. Targets per route run, 19.8% for Kincaid, 19.6% for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Just under 20% for both, tie. Yards per route run, 1.45 for Kincaid, 1.32 for JSN. That's an advantage for Kincaid. Don Kincaid plays tight end. He has Josh Allen throwing him the ball. Stephon Diggs is under contract only through 2024, and he wants out. Smith and Jigba plays wide receiver. 
He has Geno Smith throwing in the ball with both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett under contract for 2025. Dalton Kincaid goes later in 2024. Best ball drafts on underdog fantasy. His ADP is 66. JSN's ADP is 62. And JSN has more value than Kincaid on keep trade cuts, consensus, dynasty rankings. Folks, JSN, more expensive in redraft, more expensive in dynasty. I prefer Don Kincaid in all formats. You're essentially getting Jackson Smith and Jigba, but better production, peripherals with tight end eligibility. What are we doing, folks? Sell Jackson Smith and Jigba by Dalton Kincaid. I'm Josh Lurkey. Folks, this is the Dominator.